change around my team, yeah, we off the leash. You could look us in the eyes and see we have peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. When we step up on that field, you go hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder. Better keep your guard up, cause with everything we drop, we can score it when we wanna. Welcome into episode one of the Podski Wee Wee Gambling Show. I am Josh Smith, and I'll be joined in a moment by my podcast co-host, Mike Graham. Yes, we are doing this. We have decided to launch a weekly gambling show to give advice on betting on CFL markets this season. Mike and I are both sports gamblers, and with sports betting taking off after it was legalized in Canada, we thought now would be a good time to try something new like this. We decided we're going to do this as a separate show for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we know that not everyone is into gambling. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people don't do it. And some people are just sick and tired of hearing about it. And that's totally fair. And we totally get that. That is why we launched this show so that listeners of the regular podcast who don't want to have gambling kind of thrown at them or shoved down their throat don't have to hear about it. The other reason and probably the bigger reason, and this was the big tease that we put out on Twitter last night or I guess when you're hearing this, it'll be uh, Tuesday night. We're launching a Patreon page over at patreon.com forward slash So This episode here that you're listening to will be on our regular podcast platform over on Podbean, and you'll be able to get it wherever you get our show normally. But all future episodes of The Gambling Show will be housed exclusively on our Patreon page. We will record the show every Wednesday so that we get the latest odds and have the most up-to-date information that we can so that we can give you, the listeners, the best gambling advice possible. And it will be available every Thursday morning before that games kick off. So there'll be no worrying if if we if if you can't get your bets in it, like we're not gonna talk about anything that hasn't our that has already happened. You're gonna have this fresh in your ears, ready to go Thursday morning to make your bets if you want to make bets on CFL games. Uh, the Gambling Show is not the only show, new show we are planning for our Patreon page. We will be announcing some other shows soon. We're going to have a whole host of extra content over there for you to consume if you so choose. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash podskiwiwi and check out some of the fun stuff that we're going to be doing over there. So with that out of the way, let's bring Mike in. Mike, how excited are you to launch this new weekly gambling show and kind of all the other stuff that we have planned over there on Patreon? Very, very excited, Josh. You know, we're taking the show to the next level, I think. Uh, we're going to We're have leveling a, up in Winnipeg, up. the international, yes. you know, right. something out there we know what we're talking about there. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, it's going to be more work for us, but we're happy to do it because we still enjoy talking about the Ticats every week. And um, to add to the plate, it's just going to be more fun in my eye. I'm excited about this new gambling show. I'm excited about uh, the other shows that we're going to have on the Patreon. There's going to be a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there's going to be extra content, tons of bonus stuff that you'll only get over on patreon.com forward slash Podski. So 
We got a lot of good feedback when we decided we were going to do two shows this week with our regular show and then our season preview show. Some people were out there clamoring for more. Well, you're going to get it now. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash podscooby and see what we got planned over there. Before we get going, though, I think we should probably explain some of the terms we're going to use because in gambling, there can be some terminology that confuses some people. So if you're not an experienced gambler, Mike and I are a little, I wouldn't say I'm an experienced gambler, but I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Uh, Mike, same thing, I, I presume. Mm-hmm. There's some words and, and terms you, you'll hear, like one in particular is like juice or vig. So I'm going to kind of explain that term here because we're going to be using it a lot over on, on the show here. So over on FanDuel, which is where we are going all season long, is that's where we're going to be getting our betting lines from and our odds from. So we're going to be using FanDuel. You might be getting better odds somewhere else, but FanDuel is what we're going to use. So, for instance, over there on FanDuel right now, they have Bo Levi Mitchell's over-under season passing yards set at 3,625.5 yards. The odds to bet either the over or the under is set at minus 112. So what that means is you would need to wager $112 to win 100 bucks. That doesn't mean you lose $12 making the bet because I've seen some people confused by that. Like, why would I bet $112 and only win 100 What it means is that you win your bet, you win that 100 bucks, but you also get your $112 stake back. So what will end up going back into your account is $212, if that makes sense. But that $12 that you have to put on the, the, the bet to make it an even hundred that you win, that $12 is what we call the juice. So sometimes you'll see bets with a higher juice, meaning the book thinks that that outcome is more likely to happen. The, the higher number you get in a minus, it, it's they're the overwhelming favorite, if that makes sense. So an example of that is like Thursday's opener between the Lions and the Stamps. The money line odds, meaning, and the money line is who's going to win the game outright. Don't worry. You don't worry about point spread. You don't worry about how many points they win by. You just worry about who's going to win the game outright. Right now, they have Calgary at minus 165 and the Lions at plus 140. So if you wanted to take the Stampeders on the money line, meaning just for Calgary to win the game, you would have to lay down $165 to win 100 bucks. If you think the Lions are going to win, that same $100 bet would win you $140. So that extra $65 that you need to lay on the Stamps, that's what is called the juice or the vig. I hope that all makes sense. Now, the other thing I'm going to get into here before we get into making our picks and predictions, if I could give some gambling advice off the top here, I would advise anyone who wants to bet, who wants to place wagers on whether it's CFL or or any any sport, shop around to different sports books to get the best odds. I have accounts at five different sports books, and some people might think that that's excessive, but I do that so that I can go through all of them to get the best odds I can get on a given bet. I would suggest you do the same But of course, we also have to caution you as well to please, and we cannot stress this enough, gamble responsibly. Gambling can be a lot of fun, a great way to add some excitement to the game, but just don't gamble more than you're willing to lose. Our goal with this show is to give out winners to everyone can make some money and to have some fun. But even the best sports gamblers in the world, the guys and gals who do this for a living, they hit a rough stretch. So whenever you do, just make sure you're not overextending yourselves and that whatever you are wagering, you are willing to lose because you will not get every bet correct. I, mm-hmm. I've i lost bets. Mike's lost bets. We've all lost bets. That's what makes gambling so addictive sometimes. But just make sure you're gambling responsibly. Make sure whatever you're wagering, it's it's not too much. Just the way I always look at it, and Mike, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you here in a second and ask you the question. I always look at it as, am I willing to lose this money? on How much money am I willing to lose in a bet? That's how much money I'm willing 
to bet on it. Is that the same way with you? That's the same way you kind of look at it? Yeah, don't don't get in over your head. And yeah, uh, gambling is is a lot like drug addiction or alcohol addiction. You know, it's not the same. You're not putting anything in your body, but you get that buzz from it, right? So I would I would I would echo be be careful with it. Um, and if you have a problem, visit responsible gambling.org it has all the numbers for each province if if you feel like you have a gambling problem all the helplines so so check that website out if you feel that i could not agree more with you there mike all right that's the preamble here mike are you ready to give out some winners yeah let's do it all right we're going to start here with season long bets because we're releasing this episode before the cfl season begins we thought it would be fun to start this off by giving out some of our season long bets as I said earlier, we will be using FanDuel's numbers to make these bets. Uh, but I do recommend that you shop around to get the best odds that you can. And a couple of the ones that I'm going to, uh, a couple of bets I made, I found them at different sports books that had a little bit better odds than even at FanDuel had. So I, I would uh, I would recommend if you're out there wanting to make bets on some of the things that we're going to make bets on here or make your own bets, maybe look around to the different books to see where you can get kind of the best best bang for your buck. So Mike, what season-long bets do you have? What are some of the ones you're going to be making on this CFL season? All right, so my first season-long player prop is Dylan Mitchell, most receiving yards at plus 1,000. Now, I, I just think that it's it's really good value if you look at Dylan Mitchell and the way that he came into the league last year. Um, he played nine games. He had 35 receptions for 637 yards. 206 yak and an 18.2 yards average per catch that that's really high for the CFL especially nowadays you know go back go back in the past and maybe not so much but I would wager to guess that that's near the top of the league for average catches um average yards per catch so I think Dylan Mitchell at plus 1000 is pretty damn good value I think that that could actually come true even with Eugene Lewis um, being right beside him in the same receiving core. My next bet is Kevin Brown sticking with the Edmonton Elks. Kevin Brown, most rushing yards at plus 650. This guy also came into the league, you know, later on in the season last year, a, a, a Chris Jones pickup, a Chris Jones find. He had 74 carries for 486 yards, a 6.57 yard per average carry. Listen, I think that's great value again. I think it's a it's a possibility that he could lead the league. Uh, my next one is Bo Levi Mitchell over 3,625.5 yards at minus 112. I think he's going to fly over that number. If he stays healthy, it's going to be easy for him. And my last one is the Ticats winning the East Division at plus 170. I just think they're the best team right now. And, you know, the, with the Argonauts, obviously they won the Grey Cup last year, but there's still a giant question mark at quarterback. We don't know what Chad, Chad Kelly is yet. So for that reason, I have the Ticats winning these division at plus 170. So I'm with you on a couple of those, Mike. I also put money down on Kevin Brown to rush for the most yards and for Bo Levi Mitchell to go over his projected pass yardage total. It's so hard to pick a running back to lead the league in rushing. So you kind of got to look for value there. And Brown was, I think he's fourth or fifth listed amongst running backs at that spot. And it just feels like there's a really good possibility that he could be in the hunt for the rushing title if he plays a majority of the games. And with Bo, it's as simple as I think he's going to stay healthy. 
And if he stays healthy, he's going to throw for over 4,000 yards. Like some of the passing yardage totals for, for the guys, like even Zach Caleros's number is under 4,000 yards. And I get it. There's always injury concerns with, with uh, quarterbacks, but if these guys can stay healthy, a lot of these quarterbacks are probably going to exceed their, their projected totals. I made three other bets. So one of my season long ones is Trevor Harris to finish the season with the most passing yards at plus 750. Simply put, Trevor Harris throws for a lot of yards. He was third in the league in passing last year, despite not starting the season as Montreal's starting quarterback. He has four 4,000-yard seasons and one 5,000-yard season on his resume. Harris doesn't really get hurt, so you know he's going to play most, if not all, the games this year. I don't think the Riders are going to be good enough to be able to sit him late in the season, which could, which is sometimes what affects players' total numbers. You know, like Zach Caleros, for instance, could be hovering near his number, maybe even leading the league in passing. But if the Bombers are two games up with two games left and they've clinched for his place, Caleros doesn't really play. I don't think that's going to happen with Harris. He's currently seventh in odds to lead the league in passing yards behind guys like Chad Kelly. And at seven and a half to one, I just think the odds were too good to pass up. And Harris has never led the league in passing in his in his career, but he's come close a few times. So I, th- I think that's really good value for your dollar there. Uh, an over-under win total that I really like, and it kind of dovetails from some of what you said, I got the Edmonton Elks over seven and a half wins at plus 115. This isn't the over-under wins prop that I'm most confident in. I think I'm probably more confident in the Ticats that they'll win more than their nine and a half games currently on FanDuel. But Edmonton to eclipse seven and a half wins at plus 115, while the Ticats to go over nine and a half wins is at minus 135. So I'm getting much better odds here. I think the Elks will finish with a better record than seven and 11 this season. If you go back and listen to our season preview show, I have them making the playoffs. So finishing third, they feel like they're uh, an eight to nine win team. And all I need to do is to get them to eight and 10. It'd be a little, I mean, that'd be much improved over last year, but just a little improved over their projected win total. And, and I'll hit that number. I think I could hit that number before, before the last month of the season, quite frankly, I could see the Elks getting to eight wins by, by Thanksgiving. Honestly, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be overwhelmingly great, but I do think that they're going to, they're going to win more than seven and a half games. And my last one is Tim white over 1077 and a half receiving yards at minus 112. This number to me was absurdly low. White had 1,265 yards last year with subpar QB play, and I just don't see how he doesn't eclipse the 1,100-yard mark this season with both throwing in the ball. A lot of the receiving totals to me were really undervalued, and that's one of the good things about being a knowledgeable CFL fan is I don't think the sports books necessarily spend a lot of time digging into the CFL, so there's a lot of piggybacking off of different like like different like all the books kind of go f- with from from one set of mm-hmm. information and yeah. that, so there's some real value to to be had there with some of these bets because i i just think at 1077 and a half yards like tim white will hit that before october if if he stays healthy so those were the ones i'm making for uh for my season long prop bets uh let's move on to our weekly game picks mike so last year in doing game picks for 3 down I finished with a record of 48 and 38 against the spread and 54 and 32 straight up that 55.8 win percentage on against the spread picks might not feel like it's all that great, but to be a profitable better on sports, you need to hit about 53% of your bets. So at 58% or 55, almost 56%, 
we're we're making we're making money hand over fist here. Mm-hmm. So if you would have just bet exactly as I did last year, you would have made quite a bit of money. I'm not saying that to brag, just to point out that we can make money here. And a lot of that is what I just touched on, where it is the books are not necessarily all that knowledgeable about the CFL. But anyway, let's get into this week's picks. We're going to start with Thursday night season opener, which sees the BC Lions travel to Calgary to take on the Stampeders. The Lions and Stamps met in last year's West semifinal in BC, a game that the Lions won 30-16. to That game saw Stamps starter Jake Mayer get pulled for Bo Levi Mitchell, but Mayer no longer has that safety net. As we all know, Mitchell was traded to the Hamilton Tiger Cats in November. The Lions also saw some big changes as last year's top Canadian quarterback Nathan Rourke signed with the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars in the winter. In four meetings last season, the Lions came out victorious in three of them, including winning both games in Calgary. The Stampeders enter this game as three and a half point favorites over on FanDuel. So, Mike, who do you like in this one? I have the BC Lions plus three and a half. Um, I'm just... You know, I wasn't very high on the BC Lions. I think I had them fourth in our season preview show, even though they were, they had the crossover and they made the playoffs. But I do believe that they're going to come out hot in that first game. Vernon Adams is going to have something to prove. He looked good in the preseason game, so I think he's going to continue that over a little bit in the first game. And I'm not sure how hot the Calgary Stampeders are going to come out. You know, Jake Mayer, I'm not sold on him yet. I'm just not. I haven't seen enough from him. Uh, so I don't know how well he's going to perform. So for those reasons, I have the BC Lions hanging in there at plus three and a half. So this line, I believe, opened at minus three for the Stamps, and that felt a little more in my wheelhouse. Three and a half is uh, you start to kind of push it up there, but I am taking the Stampeders. I am. I just think that until I see what BC can be without Nathan Rourke, I feel a little more confident. The Stamps at home, I just... I don't love the half point we're giving up here. If it was three or even two and a half, I'd feel I, this would be a lock for me, but at three and a half, I'm a little skittish, but I'm going to side with the home side in this one. And there we go. Right off the bat, first picks that we make, we disagree. So that's, that's a good omen for the rest of the show. I would think so Friday night football debuts in 2023 with the possible great cup preview as the Hamilton tire cats travel to Winnipeg to take on the reigning three time West division champion blue bombers. Lots of changes in Hamilton in the offseason as the team turned over half the starting roster that started their East semifinal loss to the Montreal Alouettes last November. Dane Evans is out. Bo Levi Mitchell is in. Also in are left tackle Joel Figueroa, running back James Butler, receiver Duke Williams, linebacker Jameer Thurman, and defensive end Garrett Davis, who returns to the team after spending last season with the Toronto Argonauts. The Bombers, on the other hand, remain mostly the same from last year. They did add receiver Kenny Lawler, who spent the first two seasons of his career with the, with Winnipeg before leaving the Manitoba, Manitoba Capital to play for the Edmonton Elks last season. Lawler, however, will not play in Friday's game as he's been suspended by the team as he deals with immigration issues stemming from his guilty plea for impaired driving. These two teams split their season series last year with each team winning at home. The Bombers enter the game as five-and-a-half-point favorites. Mike, who do you got in this one? I've got the Tiger Cats at plus five and a half. Uh, I just think that number's too big. Like, I'm not sure if the Tiger Cats are going to win this game outright. I'd love them to. But I, I, I am pretty sure that they're going to keep this game close. Like, I don't see the Tiger Cats coming out with all the changes that they've made 
uh, with Bo Levi Mitchell at quarterback, his first game with the Ticats. I, I don't see them getting blown out or anything like that. So I, I do see a close game. So for the, for that reason, I have the Hamilton Tiger Cats at plus five and a half. I like the Thai Cats in this one too at plus five and a half. And this might sound stupid to, to kind of novice gamblers or people who maybe don't do this as much as, as we do. If this was six and a half for the Bombers, I'd actually feel more comfortable taking Winnipeg, as dumb as that sounds, simply because a touchdown, okay, if, if this game ends 27-20, I could see that. But I could also see this game ending something like 24-20. And if it ends in that, the Ticats cover the spread. And that could be something as simple as Winnipeg could dominate this game, be up 24-13 with two minutes left, and Hamilton gets that backdoor cover with a with a touchdown on their last drive. You know what I mean? Like, it's that odd number that really throws – there's certain numbers that I, I don't love as a gambler, and five-and-a-half spread is one of those numbers. I'd almost prefer – either a three and a half or a six and a half, because then those are much more normal outcomes, four points, seven points, three points. Like those are kind of the the key numbers when it comes to football, 10 points, obviously as well. So getting the cats at five and a half in a game that I think like you could be pretty close. Yeah. I, I, I locked that in pre- pretty quickly. Once I saw the line open at that Saturday night sees a showdown in La Belle Provence as the Ottawa red blacks will head to Montreal to do battle with the new look Alouettes. Both teams have new head coaches with the Red Blacks taking the interim tag off Bob Dice and naming him the third head coach in franchise history. While the Alouettes tapped former Elks bench boss Jason Moss to be their team's new head man. These two teams split their four game series season series last year with remarkably the road team winning all four games. This spread opened up with the Owls as one and a half point favorites, but moved all the way up to three when news broke that Jeremiah Mazzoli would miss the game. It has now moved up to three and a half. So Mike Alouettes minus three and a half going into Saturday night football. Who do you got in this one? See, this is a tough one and I, I, I'm not going to bet on this game, but I will, I will, I'll I'll pick it. Uh, Montreal Alouettes minus three and a half. Uh, I just think that with Ottawa, you know, Jeremiah Mazzoli is not going to be playing. You're going to have Nick Arbuckle behind center. And I just don't trust Nick Arbuckle. Uh, I don't trust Cody Vajardo that much either in Montreal. So this is a really tough game to pick in my eye. You just don't know how these teams are going to look in the first game of the season. But that being all said, I have Montreal minus three and a half. Yeah, I also have the Owls minus three and a half. And I echo everything you just said. At one and a half, I would have bet reasonable money on the Alouettes. A two-point win, I think that's more than doable. Three and a half, now you're talking more than a field goal. I don't know what to expect from either of these teams. Uh, this this is not one that I'm also I'm also not going to be putting any money down on this one. I just don't trust either of these teams this early in the season. First week, I just don't know what to expect from either of them. But in the interest of the show and in making a pick every week on every game, I am also going to take the Alouettes minus three and a half. The final game of week one goes Sunday night in Edmonton as the Elks host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Edmonton has not won a home game since October of 2019, going winless at home in both the 2021 and 2022 seasons. In total, the Elks have lost 13 straight games at Commonwealth Stadium. The Riders made a big splash in free agency, luring 37-year-old quarterback Trevor Harris away from the Alouettes and making him the new face of the green and white. Last year was a disaster for both clubs as neither team made the playoffs. Edmonton finished tied with the Red Blacks for a league-worst record of 4-14, and while the Riders lost 11 of their final 13 games after starting the season 4-1. and The Riders won the season series last year two games to one, with both wins coming at Commonwealth Stadium. 
The Riders started this game as two and a half point favorites, but the line has moved so much that the Elks are now two and a half point favorites. Mike, who do you have in this clash? Well, I had the Elks uh, when they were underdogs, and I have the Elks when they're favorites now, minus two and a half. I just think the Elks can't afford. Obviously, it's not a must-win game. It's the first win of the season. But as you mentioned, two years since a home win, they need this, you know, to bring in the fans. They need an entertaining game. They need a win on home soil. I think that they're a better team than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So for that reason, I'm taking the Elks at minus two and a half. Yeah, when we locked our picks in, the Elks were the, still the underdog. And I thought that was great value because I think the Elks are going to win this game outright. But at minus two and a half, I'm still siding with the team from Edmonton simply because I think they'll win this game by a field goal or more. Two and a half is a really good number to get, in my opinion. If you see lines at two and a half and you like one side or the other, lock, especially if you like the favorite at minus two and a half, lock that in as quickly as you can. Getting this game at at plus two and a half would have been a bonus. Getting it at minus two and a half, I don't think kills you because it doesn't really cross any key numbers. Doesn't cross the three, doesn't cross the four, the seven, the eight, or the ten. So I think you're still okay here. But it's just, uh, it would have been nicer to get this at uh, at plus two and a half. But at minus two and a half, I still think the value is on the Edmonton Elk. So to recap, Mike has the Lions plus three and a half, the Ticats plus five and a half, the Owls minus three and a half and the Elks minus two and a half. Well, I have the Stampeders minus three and a half, the Ticats plus five and a half, the Owls minus three and a half and the Elks minus two and a half. Only one different this week. So we'll know after Thursday's game, which one of us will head into week two with the better record, which one will be able to come on next week and gloat about being the superior picker in week one. But now we're going to move on. Next up, we are going to give out some player prop bets for the week, week one action that we like. Mike, why don't you get us started? What are some of the prop bets you are looking at from the slate of games in week one? I got a trifecta of player props here. Uh, I got Kadeem Carey, the running back for the Calgary Stampeders, of course. Uh, leading rusher last year. He just uh, he was the best running back in the league by, by a fair margin. Kadeem Carey, over 71.5 yards rushing. I think with uh, Jake Mayer being behind center, the Calgary Stampeders will be a much more run-heavy team. Uh, I think Jake Mayer's more set up to, you know, that West Coast kind of offense. I don't necessarily think he's going to be chucking the ball downfield a lot. So, so yeah, I think they, that uh, Kadeem Carey is going to get a lot of handoffs throughout the whole season and in this game. So over 71 and a half yards rushing for him. I got Kevin Brown over 55 and a half yards rushing. I think that's a really low number. I think he's going to get a lot of carries in the in the season opener. So pound that over for him. And then I got Tim White over 72 and a half yards receiving. Probably the one that I'm most, um, you know, I'm I'm not overly confident on this one. You never know what's going to happen, but I do feel like Tim White will creep over that 72 and a half yards receiving mark. So I have a few that I like as well. Starting with Thursday's slate, I have a pair of props from that one. My first one is Lions running back Taquan Mizell as an anytime TD score at plus 135. And the Stampeders receiver Reggie Bagleton over 51 and a half receiving yards. For Mizell, for me, this is just a value play. Someone is going to score for the Lions. The the team had a good rushing attack last year with James Butler. With Vernon Adams behind center, I think they're going to run the ball even more than they did last year. 
And I think Mazzell finds his way into the end zone in his first career CFL game. For Bagleton, he eclipsed this over-under number at 51.5, a total of six times in nine games with Jake Mayer as his starting quarterback last year. So I expect Mayer to lean very heavily on his veteran pass catcher in this one, and I think Bagleton will finish well above 51.5 receiving yards against the Lions on Thursday. I have two more for Friday's game. I got Bombers running back Brady Oliveira under 71.5 rush yards and Bombers receiver Rashid Bailey over 42 and a half receiving yards despite being one of just three players to rush for over a thousand yards last year Oliviera only rushed for 72 or more yards five times in 2022 he also was not very effective against the Tiger Cats averaging just 58 yards per game in his two games against them never eclipsing that 71 and a half rush yard total in either matchup Bailey on the other hand went well over his projected total in both his games against Hamilton last year, racking up 58 and 65 yards respectively in the two games against the Tabbies. I also expect Bailey to get a little bit more work in this one as the Ticats defense looks to limit Dalton Schoen and Nick Dembski, as well as Bailey having a larger role in the offense with Kenny Lawler out due to suspension. And the one area of Hamilton's defense that does feature some question marks is the secondary. And I think, Given that they'll probably key in on Dembski and Schoen, I think Bailey can go over 42.5 receiving yards in that one. And my final player prop for this week is Trevor Harris over 234.5 passing yards. I do think the Elks are going to win, but I also feel like this one's kind of like a no-brainer. Harris exceeded 235 pass yards in 11 of his 16 games last year. One of the games he did not surpass that total, however, was against the Elks. But I just think with the weapons at his disposal, I think Harris will finish with closer to 275 pass yards than 235 pass yards. So I really like the over on Trevor Harris's passing yards total this week. Moving on to what we're calling the stay away category. And these are the bet or bets that we simply do not want to make this week. These are the ones we are going to avoid and we're going to encourage you to maybe avoid them if you don't have a strong feeling either way. So Mike, what are some of your stayaways for week one in the CFL? That Ottawa Montreal game, I would stay away from that. I don't know what to expect at either team. So yeah, if uh, I'm not going to be laying any money on them, uh, I wouldn't bet on the BC lines in the first week either, just because I don't know how well Vernon Adams is going to perform. You know, we saw the drop-off in the offense once Nathan Rourke went down with injury last year. You know, they they could be great, or they could be terrible. So I would stay away from the BC Lions in the first week. And also, any point total in the first week. We don't know how these offenses are going to look. You know, they could light, out, light it up, or they could score, you know, 10 points. It could be like a 20-point total game in lots of these games. You just don't know. Usually, the offenses start off slower than the defenses, but but you never know in the first week. So I would stay away from any point totals as well. I've got two stayaways this week, but mine are both Ticats related. I'm staying away from Bo Levi Mitchell's over under prop of 264 and a half passing yards. I just don't know what we'll see from Bo yet. And last year he averaged just 203 yards per game in two games against the Bombers. He only went over the 264 and a half number three times in 2022. And I know he only played in about nine games. So despite my belief that Bo will get back into his groove this year, that he will be a leading candidate for MLP, 
I'll need to see it first before I really start placing any money on Bo Levi Mitchell props. My other stay away is simply the Ticats Bombers game. The Bombers are five and a half point favorites. And while I picked the Ticats to cover that spread, I did so with great trepidation. The Tabbies could just as easily win this game by 10 as lose this game by 20. There's also a backdoor cover possibility of what if Hamilton, what if it's, you know, 20 to 19 and, and Caleros hits someone for a big touchdown and they, and the, the Bombers win 26, 20 on the, you know what I mean? So until I know what better to expect from the Tiger Cats, I'm going to stay away from wagering any money on them for the time being. Okay, up next is what we're calling our pick of the week. This is where we will give you our favorite bet of the week, the one that we feel most confident in. So, Mike, what is your pick of the week for week one in the CFL? It's the Kevin Brown prop of over 55 and a half yards rushing. I just think that number is is really, really low for a guy who averaged about 6.7 yards per carry last year. Uh, he runs with purpose. Uh, this guy's going to fly over that number, in my opinion. So I, I, I would bet that over 55 and a half yards rushing for Kevin Brown of the Edmonton Elks. My pick of the week is also a player prop. And I think if you listen to what we just talked about, when we talk about player props, you might know where I'm going. And that's Trevor Harris to go over 34, 234 and a half passing yards against the Elks. I think the Elks are going to win the game, like I said, but I think Harris is going to throw for at least 250. Like, it's just what Trevor Harris does. Like I said, yep. 11 of 16 games last year, over 234 and a half passing yards. I don't see him not getting there again. If the Elks get up, then Harris has to throw to get the Riders back into the game. Then he'll sail past that yard, yardage total. And if it's going to be a close game, which is what I expect, I don't think they're going to take the ball out of his hands. They didn't pay him half a million dollars this year to to run the football a bunch. So like I said earlier, he went over that total in 11 games last year, and I just don't see him slowing down in 2023 with his new team. So I am hammering the over on Trevor Harris pass yards at 234.5. All right, next up is a section that we're, we're, we're going to be giving out some exotic bets like parlays or, or anything like that. So a parlay is when you take two or more pieces of action, put them together to give yourself higher odds on, on winning, uh, the, the more you put on a parlay, however, this is sort of the caveat of this. The higher the odds go, the the more variables you have, the harder it is to win. It's the old kind of pro-line model where you have to pick three games before you're allowed to make a bet. Now you can do the single game stuff, obviously. So, Mike, do you have any parlays for our audience this week that you'll be making on CFL? I have one parlay, and it's the Elks minus two and a half plus Kevin Brown over 55 and a half yards rushing and that that comes up to plus 179 so that's the only parlay i have for this week but i i feel pretty confident in it yeah i like that one a lot mine i'm calling the alberta double dub i am taking both alberta teams on the money line that's the elks and the stampeders i locked this in last night and i got it when the elks were still underdogs i got it at plus 241 now it's still good value. You get it at plus 180. I would still recommend it. I think both of these teams are going to come out of week one with victories. So that's the one exotic parlay that I am making this week. So before we get out of here, though, that's that's the end. That's, that, that's the show for this week. That's what we're going to be doing every week. I mean, every week we won't be giving out season longs, but you get the idea of how we're going to be uh, how we're going to be doing this. But I just want to I gave some advice earlier. I'd just like to give a little bit more advice to our audience now at the end here. My first piece is and I think this is a good one for everybody. Don't chase losing bets. Lock in your action ahead of time and just kind of ride it out. That way, 
if you if you start chasing if you lose like let's say you take the lions like mike did and they don't cover the spread and that was going to be your lone bet of the of the week but then you're like oh i gotta win that money back i'm gonna jump on this that is just a great way to lose more money and it's Mm -hmm. just it's not a smart way to bet except that sometimes you're going to have losing weeks there's weeks that mike and i are going to go I hope we never go 0 for 4, but there's going to be weeks that we go probably 1 and 3. I'm hoping we're going to be 2 and 2 or better every single week. Um, but you're going to hit a, a losing streak. That's going to happen. It happens to even the most successful of gamblers. And the other piece of advice I have is don't wager more on one game or prop than the other. Find your unit size, whether you want to be a $10 better, a $50 better, or a $100 better. Whatever you decide that your unit size is going to be, Use that on all of your bets so that every bet means the the exact same. You don't want to have action on a game more than the other. So that one you find you place more importance on. I just think that and this this is just my experience the last couple of years playing around with this kind of make. And here's the thing. All these things that I'm I'm teaching people, I've made these mistakes. I've chased losing bets. I've doubled down. It's it, it usually does not work out. So lock in your action ahead of time. Don't don't chase your losing bets and don't go, well, I'm going to put 50 bucks on this, but 25 bucks on that. Find what you want your unit size to be and, and go with that. I think that's pretty sound advice. Don't you think, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. And don't get too high after a win. You know, that's how you get hooked, right? You win and then you're like, oh, I, I love that feeling. Let's try to do it again and again and again. And it just doesn't happen that way. So try not to get too high after a win. So we'll be back on Friday after the game with another edition of its live pal, where we will talk about everything that happened in the Ticats Bombers season opening clash. But for the Podski Wee Wee Gambling Show, that's all for this week. So happy betting to everyone, and we'll see you here next week.